Welcome in to episode 26 of The Bluest Tape. I'm Harvey Couch alongside... Jeff Kolath. Thanks for joining us as we take our weekly journey through the live catalog of Widespread Panic. We are... We're going to celebrate uh, an anniversary this week. 20 years since this set of shows. Um, Jeff, were you, did you go to all of these? I went to I, I went to the last show that we'll play. We're actually playing them in reverse order. So I went to the nine fifteen show in Ames, Iowa. So we're and then I went to the Madison show just before that. So this is the first part of Fall Tour nineteen ninety seven. Um, a really great um, three week run from September fifth, starting um, at the Electric Factory in Philadelphia, winding up on September twenty seventh at the World's Fair Park in Knoxville. Um, and spent a, spending a very little bit of time up in the Northeast, a couple shows across the border into Canada, and then a bunch of time in the Midwest, um, and finishing out down in the South where the fall tour, the second leg, kicks off again. So 97 was a year that they spent, um, it was a big, big tour year. Um, you know, we did, we've done some stuff from the summer of 97 where they spent a lot of, a lot of their time in the Southeast, um, very brief little time in the Midwest. The spring tour allows a lot of time up in the Northeast and out West, but this is a lot of Midwest and a lot of Southeast, uh, a panic and being from the Midwest, I was, you know, we always thought that we not as, not always as intense as those, as, as those Southern shows, but on certain nights you could really, uh, see something great. And I think the selections we have tonight are, are pretty strong. I think you could make the same comments about, uh, the people that live in those areas in general, as well as, <laughs> as well as their college football teams. That's probably true. Not um, quite as intense, a little more reserved, uh, you know, big 10 very, versus SEC. And we're very polite and we want to make sure that you're well uh, fed. And, uh, if you, do, if you uh, don't, if you don't, if, if you don't eat, we're going to feel bad about it. Right. Um, you know, a lot of guilt. We deal with a lot of guilt. Um, but yeah, this is a this is a particularly strong tour. Um, obviously, some some highlights um, from the first part of the tour: uh, the nine seven show in Boston with uh, with Branford and that whole crew, which is a, an epic show. Mm-hmm. The next night in Montreal, uh, Club Soto, another really famous show, probably a top five, top ten all time show. Um, clearly, the band thinks so since they put it out as a, as an official release. Um, heading on down through Ohio, were you at the Taft Theater show? Yeah, and the night before in Lakewood is really good. It's got the uh, got an airplane opener. They they bring uh, Green Onions back, and then right. yeah, nine twelve at the Taft is is a really good show too. Um, nine thirteen in Madison, they bring uh, Don't Be Denied back for the first time since Sitinski, um, playing in the Exhibition Hall in Madison, which is just literally a giant concrete cube. Um, they played there several times, and you know I guess it's an available space, but it sounded awful in there. Um, and then we uh, start our little run of uh, four shows, um, 9.15 Ames, Iowa, 9.16 in Champaign, 9.17 in Carbondale, and then 9.19 in South Bend. And then this last week of the tour, um, from Pittsburgh through Knoxville, 
the middle part of that tour, the middle part of that run, the Harrisburg show on the 21st and then the two House of Blues shows are probably, are, are, I would call that peak panic. I think those shows are just out of this world good, especially the James Madison show. Um, but, you know, we can't, we gotta, we're trying to stretch this out for you folks, so we're not going <laughs> to over, overwhelm you with, you know, six episodes of Fall 97. So, um, but we'll I get there, I'm sure. We'll, but... we'll get there eventually. Um, and then, of course, you know, the October, November shows, too. So, 97, another fantastic year. Um, but this doing some fall tour stuff, um, you know, falls in line with us doing uh, doing our spring and, uh, and summer summer shows that, we do, uh, that we've done already. And uh, so, we're going to start in reverse order. We're going to work um, back to front, so to speak, and start off in... On September 19th, 1997, at the Morris Civic Center in South Bend, Indiana, um, a weeknight show and a, a very good, um, very good show. Um, this is one that um, I had a lot of friends that, from Chicago that, you know, used to travel with a little bit and see shows with um, some guys when I was in graduate school down in Indiana that, you know, and both of them, while they were totally separate groups of people, this was a show that they pointed to a lot um and really liked it for what it really dug this show actually it's a friday night i think of the 19th um but it is a it's a show that i think is really strong there's some great parts to it one of the things that i think limits its exposure a little bit is the quality of the tapes the room i don't know if it didn't sound very good or what there's a couple of sources floating around there's a source on panic stream a wilker source there's a AKG 480 source floating around, which I think I had on, on, on DAT for a long time. Um, it doesn't, the tapes don't really don't do it justice necessarily of how good this show is. Um, we're going to get it started with Chili Water.
All right, September 19th, 1997, the Morris Civic Center in South Bend, Indiana. Chilly water, um, a strong opener, um, and prefaced by a great JB-ism coding um, uh, the talking heads. Um, hope you like loud music, and then you start with ch chilly water. It definitely sets the tone uh, for the rest of the night because there is some uh, some monster stuff uh, that 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 follows a very strong opener. Yeah, I enjoyed that quite a bit. And I mean, there's this whole first set is, um, I mean, after the chilly water, you've got you know AFD, Tallboy, C Brown, Postcard. I mean, Postcard is a fifth song of this show, uh, is pretty good. And then this, uh, Dear Mr. Fantasy, first set closer. That's uh, that's strong. That's coming out of the gate strong. And then, and then Harvey, I think, has one of one of your favorite features of a widespread panic show. Um, in uh, at, at, right at the end of the uh, second set, and then for the encore, doesn't it? I think uh, with the walk-in closer and then a uh, radio child one-song encore that qualifies as a flip the bird encore. <laughs> I would agree. I think. I mean, at that point, I mean, what else can you do? I think that is the, very little. I yeah. Mean, the band. You, we're also talking about this is the end of that run too. Like we're gonna, you're starting backwards, right? So all yes. the shows that you, the stuff you're gonna hear as listeners that you'll hear later happened before this. So this is sort of the end of the run and they're, yeah, they're, they're spent at that point. And then they take your radio child and, and, and be happy. You're getting anything. <laughs> we have to go to Pittsburgh, go home. Um, right. so working backwards, um, and this is another tour where they play a lot of college towns, obviously too. I mean, panic always does, but there's, they basically, they basically run, um, South Bend, obviously Notre Dame, and then the show before this, they're at at Southern U Southern Illinois University in Carbondale, um, at the Shyrock Auditorium. So they obviously upgraded later on when they moved over to the uh, the basketball arena, like they did in in two thousand, and then for a later show um, after Hauser passed. Um, but this is another show uh, that is pretty good from the fall. I hadn't spent a ton of time with this show, but one of the things that uh, appeals to me from this show is we're able to knock off a bunch of songs we hadn't played yet on the Blue Estate.
September 17th, 1997 from the Shryock Auditorium in Carbondale, Illinois on the campus of Southern Illinois University, the home of the Salukis. You heard the start of the second set, Disco into Numa, uh, No Sugar Tonight, uh, Littlekin, West Virginia, Ain't Life Grand, and um, to satisfy the completionist inside Jeff, we knocked off five songs that we had not uh played before on the bluest tape i spend i spend lots of hours harvey each week trying to find runs of runs of songs that we haven't done yet and this was sort of the uh serendipitous uh selection since we decided we were going to do fall 97 and this one sort of fit in really well um this is i mean this is it's a good run of five songs will it set the world on fire I, i don't think so but it's all it's really good and no sugar um, after a great disco opener, um, a really strong Littlekin, um, which is a song that honestly has never been one of my favorites, but this is a really good version of it. And then you get the 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 once in a once in a great while, um, passing the time while JB tries to put on the mandolin for Ain't Life Grand. So it's a it's it's a, it's a good start to the second set. Yeah, I uh, I really enjoyed uh, the Littlekin. Um... It shows up in Everyday Companion as an arrow into West Virginia, and it's really not. It's almost because it's like uh, what's the time on this? It's eight minutes and twelve seconds on the Littlekin, mm-hmm. and so it's not really a jam into the next song. It's just sort of like extends on the Littlekin theme. So I, I enjoyed the sort of jam out of Littlekin, and um, yeah, happy to knock these one out, these uh, songs out. I'm honestly shocked that we had not done a disco yet. Um, cause it is like as one of my favorite songs, and when I look at set lists, whenever I see disco in there, I'm like, oh, that's the meaty part of the show, you know. Obviously, as an opener, it's great, and usually you get some good stuff there. But but if you ever get it like mid set, then that's like a that's a that's a sweet spot. Usually, uh, you got some good stuff around it. But um, yeah, no, glad to uh, glad to get these, and and this is a good uh, definitely a good segment. Uh, from this Carbondale show. All right, and we'll continue to work our way backwards. And uh, I guess since we're, we're going in reverse, we're now headed north, even though the band headed south um, for this for this part of the tour. It's very confusing when we don't go in chronological order. <laughs> I really gotta tell you. Um, but anyway, we head up to all to just up- get that all to get that chili water opener. That's, That's right. It just made so much sense to open with that. Um, uh, they head or we head, I guess, north to Champaign, Illinois, to the uh, University of Illinois, uh, the Virginia Theater, um, for ni- uh, September 16th, 1997, and another, another not a rare song, but a set list placement rarity, and we'll get started right now with that. Sit in my cellar, 
the Virginia Theater in Champaign, Illinois on September 16th, 1997. And uh, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, uh, somewhere around 20 years ago today. Um, And you heard uh, middle of the second set uh, leading into drums, uh, Can't Get High, which is uh, the only time that song ever led into drums you don't think of it as a uh, as a uh, launching pad for a, a jam but uh plays pretty well here i mean I, I enjoyed uh what they you know what they created out of it and um this is a good show i mean it uh I, you know contentment blues opener uh you get uh you know happy wrangler dying man section there in the second set um but no, this is a, this is kind of a unique uh, a unique segment. And again, it's like, how does that happen? Like, how do they, you know, they play however many, you know, hundreds and hundreds of shows, and however many times they play "Can't Get High," that they decided like this was the one night that they were gonna play a jam out of it and play into drums. And it's a short, really short. I mean, "Can't Get High" like is what three and a half almost. Not, I think it's even four minutes long. And then the jam is about mm. four minutes long, and then it goes right into drums. So this is a really short show, very you know yeah. compact. I think the longest song is probably about nine minutes. Um, I, I don't know if anybody anything tops ten. Ain't no use in the first set. Maybe does, but um, and it has a single song encore. Does Love Tractor count as a Flip the Bird encore, Harvey? No, I think that qualifies as a as a quality encore. Okay. Um, you are the arbiter of the flip the bird. Yep. Yeah, the sole arbiter. <laughs> um, but yeah, just sort of a, a I almost on a, I mean, it's almost a quirky little show. This is one that I had again had tapes of for for a long time and didn't spend a lot of time with it. I think partially because it just it's a show that I don't know. It's just it's unique in the, um, in the songs that they chose and where 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 they put things beyond just the can't get high. So, um, but yeah, we. Um, leave just Champagne checked Illinois. another one checked in, checked another checked another one off the list of uh this is the first time that you heard a can't get high on the bluest tape hey another ftp we're, we're, we're <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yes folks we do keep track of the track of those on a, on a on a spreadsheet um so we go continue to go back in time and we head from Champaign, illinois we head west to the fine city of ames iowa um, to Iowa State University, uh, the C.Y. Stevens Auditorium, where Panic has played a number of times. Um, and if you if you've been lucky enough to attend a show there, you'll know you'll know what I'm talking about. A beautiful venue, um, immaculate sound. Um, sounds great anywhere you sit, um, right up front, or if you've been stuck up in the balcony, it still sounds really good. Um, but it, what, clearly, a place where Panic. Um, has enjoyed playing not just at the Stevens Auditorium but Ames in general because they've put on some uh, pretty strong shows um, starting all the way back in '93 um, with that uh, uh, with that legendary People's show. So let's get started. We're gonna go right into the start of the second set and start off with a, another great JBism and we launch right into Proving Ground. There's a pretty little song guaranteed make you cry. Thank you. 
now they're getting kind of interested. September 15th, 1997, the CY Stevens Auditorium in Ames, Iowa. Uh, the start of the second set. Uh, Proving Ground into Blackout Blues, back into Proving Ground, Hatfield, and then Airplane into Can't Find My Way Home. Um, I was lucky enough to attend this show. Uh, it was on a Monday night. Uh, left left campus um, where we were and drove down through the Mississippi River Valley and down into Iowa and got into Ames and... Again, Monday Night Show starts off with a Last Dance opener. Pilgrims, a monster diner into walking in the first set. The very first, you'll be fine. Um, so the very first time Todd sang, which to this day was one of those like, is Todd singing? Is this? Yeah, what? I was gonna say, what was that? Were you like, <laughs> what? What's what is? Is that Mikey? What's yeah, like to... <laughs> it was definitely one of those things. Like, what? What's happening here? Um, but I mean, and I, I, I'm a fan of "You'll Be Fine." I really like that song. Um, mm-hmm. Conrad set closer, and then this section that we played, um, starting off with JB coming back on stage with the, "Here's a song guaranteed to make you cry," and starts off with "Proving Ground Blackout Proving," which is just nasty. Um, and the airplane can't find my way home really speaks for itself. It's just, it, frankly, it's just a, a beautiful segment of, uh, of, of panic, of panic music. And for those of you that haven't heard this show, um, if you haven't, if you have had, you know, never had the tapes or whatever, check it out on the panic stream version. It's a, it's a, a Microsoft, it's a Microsoft, a Microtech Gefell, um, MG 210 version. I'm pretty sure this was recorded by a guy named Jason Wilhelm, who was a taper in the Midwest round about this time. And he made some really fantastic sounding tapes with a, with a MG and a OD rig, I believe. And this show, he recorded this, if it's him or whoever did, is right up front. I mean, I think it's listed as like second row or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it says second row. And if you, and if it, at that place there's an orchestra pit and then there's kind of the seats in the back and then there's kind of seats back from there. Um, if you want to, if you were lucky enough to attend shows in 97 and in a great sounding venue like the Stevens Auditorium, um, but if you weren't, if you want to know what it actually felt like, and so, this is this is a true turn it up as loud as you can turn it up because it is, the, the tapes are so good, crystal clear, the band is on fire. It's really, to me, a, a quintessential moment and easily one of my top three shows that I ever saw. You know, it's, what else? This is a really, this is a really good show. But what else sort of strikes me looking at it is like, I mean, there, there's some, but it's not like full of like rare songs or, you know, quote unquote bust outs. I mean, I guess you know, Last Dance, Can't Find My Way Home, those are a little rare. But mostly, it's just like, you know, pure, like, panic from start to finish. You know, classics uh, played well really, placed. really well. Yes. Right, yeah, and it's like that. That just shows that you can't always tell uh, tell a great show on paper, like a you know the the that Columbus '96 show that I played um, on the Mikey shows. It's just you know you look at it, you're like, eh, yeah, it looks eh, man, I, I can skip that one, uh, and it's you know, and it ends up being one of the best you know best shows you ever hear. So um, I think this is this definitely qualifies, and it's got. So I'm glad that you played it. Sneaky good. Raise the Roof, Chili, coming out of drums. Um, love Raise the Roof, Chili pairings. I always thought that was so good. And again, and I leave it up to you as the sole arbiter of the Flip the Bird Encore. The call on the one-song Gradle Encore is... 
Uh, I'm I'm gonna say no on the flip the okay. bird. I think I okay. think that qualifies as a, as a quality encore, especially after after a qual you know a, a high energy show. Um, I think I think I mentioned before. I think it was in the the Mud Island, uh, the JoJo birthday show where we played the great old encore. That it seems like JB gets a little bit more into it, like in the encore, it let, you know, lets loose a little bit more as he would, uh, as opposed to like a first set gradle so yeah i'll i'll let this this one passes uh, thumbs up on the on the one song gradle encore um this is the one time when i was we left the show and again it's on a college campus and i was we were going to meet some people um who rode along with us that didn't go to the show and we were waiting to pick them up before we headed back to school and uh walking out we walked by the walked by the buses and it was sort of one of those things like should we go over there what should we do let's just stand here close enough away but if we see him we can wave kind of thing they know it just was so stupid uh, <laughs> um, but uh but yeah sort of one of those moments standing in a parking lot after a show but not doing anything constructive other than just seeing if you can see dave schools from like you know 30 yards away <laughs> well um hard to believe that uh that these shows happened 20 years ago but um again always thankful that uh those folks uh, did the hard work spent the money and uh you know recorded these uh for posterity because i certainly enjoy going back uh and revisiting them i hope uh, all the folks listening do too yeah this is a this is a great run and i know some more of these shows are gonna show up in future episodes of the bluest tape um so i'm really sad of playing this entire tour and, and yeah it's just it's sort of you know unfathomable to think how many shows panic has played and how many shows you know we've played and touched on so far in this and we've got so many more to do um and we're, obviously we're not going to get to all of them um but again so much of this the stuff that we've been playing especially post like 93 um these are our audience tapes and just the quality of these tapes is, is, is still remarkable. They're 20 years old. It's not like, you know, you can go back to the tapes that people got when they were trading dead tapes back in the seventies and like how, how, how those tapes sounded to them probably, you know, or like, you know, obviously some of those sounded really great and it sounded pretty good for what they were recorded on, but it's a sliding scale. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, but how the, the power of those tapes to turn on an entire generation of dead fans and like, the work that all of these tapers did in the nineties and spreading these tapes around and making really good tapes, um, at a time when the technology was, um, was, was pretty good. Um, but obviously it's changed a lot, you know, they were using physical media folks, <laughs> <laughs> things that degraded. And I was, you know, and then, so it was not only the, you know, the, the folks that, that went to the shows and, uh, you know, stood there and put, you know, flew the mics high, but then it was the folks, um, you know, five to 10 years later that's that were like well, we need to digitize the you know we need to to store these we need to get them off the physical media uh, <laughs> and you know so that they don't you know fall apart and uh and get this stuff stored onto digital forms and uh and folks who worked really hard uh at doing that and i think that's you know not quite as important but is i mean if, if they hadn't done that then then the stuff's gone you know uh you're having to put reels or dats in the in the oven to try to keep them from <laughs> falling apart when you throw them through the uh you know throw them over the tape head yeah absolutely so yeah do get dealing at this point i think both of our collections are probably uh 
pretty well replete with digi noise. <laughs> the, mm -hmm. yeah. I'm not going to get rid of them though. I just oh, want to no. look at them. Of course not. Of course not. <laughs> Um, anyway, um, all right. Well, uh, appreciate everybody's uh, you know joining us uh, as as we take this trip down memory lane twenty years ago uh, in the fall of ninety seven, and um, definitely you know check us out uh, bluestape dot com on Facebook. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Interact with us. You know we love hearing feedback and um, and. Uh, yeah, so tell your friends, uh, tell your enemies. We don't care. It's cool. And, um, and you know, leave us reviews on iTunes. That helps folks uh, discover us. So just want to get the uh, get the music out and, um, you know, hopefully uh, everybody's enjoying it. So, Jeff, um, thanks for your time tonight. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll, see, we'll see you again uh, next week. Yeah, it was another great episode, and thanks again. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and uh, echo what Harvey said. Uh, make sure follow us online, and, 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 you know, one of the things that makes this fun is for us is that we're, re we're either rediscovering things we haven't listened to in a long time or we're finding all kinds of new stuff to listen to as well. So I hope you all are, are starting to do that as well. We're just... We're, we're doing some curating, but we we leave it up to you to go to to take the deep dive. So we hope that you're uh, hope that you're enjoying that as well. So again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.